Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to another Talking Monies. This has been a busy week for me the last couple of days. Been doing some more babysitting with the three, three youngins, the Greek grand boys, and uh, they're a handful. They're fun. We get kind of tired by the time they're gone, but uh, so hopefully we'll get through this show today and and have plenty of energy to get you the information that you need. You can always send those questions, uh, Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. We have many people listening on podcasts. So Tracy put together and looked up some statistics since the first of the year and and, and showed me what states people were. Uh, logging in from to listen to various Talking Money podcasts. And California was, of course, the furthest away. And there were quite a few in those states. I, I'm guessing they were probably, I don't know, 15 states or so from where people were uh, downloading the podcast to listen to them. So I was surprised at that, but but pleasantly surprised. But what I'd really like is for someone who is in one of those states that's not in the upstate or you're in Northeast Georgia or Western North Carolina, where we obviously broadcast live and the signal from the station gets there. I'd love to have you just at least send a comment. Uh, doesn't have to be much to say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I listen to you from wherever you're listening to us from. And uh, we, uh, I'm sure you don't listen every week, but if you do, that's let me know that too. But at least let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you're out there. I know you're out there because we see the downloads. So just send that quick note to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com as well. But of course, you're here live in the studio today, so we'll always welcome questions from those listening. 877-235-9405 is the text line as well as the phone line. We'd love to hear from you to answer answer your questions. Last week, uh, Carl Francois from Southern First Bank He's their, uh, their senior vice president and fraud officer, was my guest. Uh, unfortunately, had to record. He's got uh, school he's still taking, get his master's degree on, on the weekend, so he couldn't do it on Saturday. So we accommodated that because we wanted the information. Had a lot of great information about frauds and scams, how not to get caught up in them and so forth. And then had a follow-up question this past week from a gentleman. I, I'll just uh, use the letter H for his name. Uh, and he's from Hendersonville. Got a couple calls from Hendersonville this week. Uh, one gentleman wants to come in to speak to us about uh, potentially working with us. He'll come down in a few weeks. Um, but H called us because he had gotten um, involved in a in a Ponzi scheme named Horizon. Uh, it was a real estate Ponzi scheme, and he was told that if he invested in that, he would for the first I think three to five years. Not good enough. It wasn't like they were guaranteeing some kind of exorbitant rate. It was like five to seven percent. So it seemed reasonable, and he invested in it and pretty much invested all of his IRA. And now it's in uh, in the courts or will be in the courts, and it's going to be tied up for a long time. And we'll see if he gets any money back. And where the caution comes in from this, and, and it's a very legitimate caution, 
because the way he got into it, he had an investment. He had an annuity. I won't call it an investment, but he had an annuity from a gentleman he had bought several years ago. That gentleman sold his practice to a, another person that worked in the same office. Changed the name, different uh, name of the company now. But he, he did that, and he uh, so he, um, when he when he moved, the new gentleman who owned it then started to um, get into some other investments, and one of them was this Horizon. He affiliated with a different company and, uh, and obviously did not do the kind of due diligence he should have done in order to make sure that it was going to be a legitimate investment. Uh, I don't know what the commissions were. I know in, in my experience, a lot of these investments, they entice the broker, the agent who's going to sell them with a pretty big commission up front and still are are using a little like an annuity, but a big commission up front and have these guarantees in the back end. But this one had a, most of the annuities at least tell you, my, your guarantee is zero. You won't lose any money, but then you might make it if it's an indexed annuity. This one actually said that 5 to 7% for th- th- three to five years. And he had no reason to doubt or not to trust this broker. He'd been with the same company, these same people for a while. So he just trusted them. And that's a, a normal, natural uh, thing to do is that you trust the person that you're working with. Like our clients trust us. But you still have to have some sense uh, and and some uh, tingling sense that if something doesn't seem quite right, um, that you got to be careful. And and where I think a red flag, and where I think the, even though this gentleman is not upset as the, the agent at all, uh, I think he probably should be at least a little bit. He was advised to take money. the the IRA, The money he had was in an IRA, and it was in a an annuity. And the annuity was still in a surrender charge. So the the broker obviously encouraged him to cancel the contract, pay the surrender charge, take all the money out. We're talking in excess of $100,000, taking the money out. And, and of course, he'd have to, he'll have to pay income taxes. So the investment had to be that good to justify paying a, a withdrawal penalty, early surrender penalty, and pay the taxes. Obviously, you have to pay the taxes at some point, but you don't have to pay the taxes at a higher tax bracket, which this gentleman would would end up having is going to end up having to do, even though it's in a in a Ponzi scheme. So we were able to 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 help him. I think uh, we so I gave him some links. Carl passed on some links to how he can file a claim himself directly to try to get some of his money back from this Ponzi scheme. Uh, whenever the attorneys get through and they start to be able to to divide money up said okay how much do you get i filed my claim and some of the, the research i've done says well if you can file a claim legitimate claim you, that you'll probably end up with more money getting more money back than you would if you ended up as as part of a one of these class action lawsuits but i'm sure all these cases are, are probably different it depends on the type of situation it is so he he filed that claim he, he wrote me back and said thank you filed the claim and I also, and I checked with my financial planning department at Ronald Blue Trust down in Atlanta just to be sure, but uh, I was I was pretty confident that he wouldn't have to take that as a capital loss. So he's able to take it as a theft loss, which means he's not going to be limited to the $3,000 per year. So normally you take a capital loss and you offset it against a capital gain. If you don't have enough capital gain, then you get to deduct another $3,000 off of ordinary income. And then carry it forward. So three thousand a year. Well, it take quite a while to get hundred thousand plus money recouped at three thousand dollars a year. So he's able to take it as a theft loss, which means he's not limited 
to that. So we were going to help send him information on that as well. So my my encouragement to you, the listeners, is to please use me as a sounding board. Even if you think, in, the, in this case, it was not a legitimate, not, I wouldn't say legitimate, it wasn't a typical investment, obviously not legitimate, but didn't it appeared to be legitimate. It just was not your typical investment. So it, it's, it pays to do some more research, ask some more questions, go online and check for reviews. Sometimes you'll find, even online, people who have already made an investment and were already curious about it, already suspicious about it, and they've already made those claims online. So that's another good way to find it. But please send me a text, send me a, uh, excuse me, an email, or give us a call at the office, which is 800-588-7526 or plan. So all you have to remember is 800-588-PLAN and 7526. And, and give me a call so we can talk about it. So there's no charge to H that I did this for. I helped him get these links. It's an education for me. It's an education for him. And it's also something I can pass along to use the listeners. I don't mind doing this. I love teaching people. I love helping keep you from making mistakes that are going to cost you money, especially big money like this that might uh, you know prevent you from doing something like that. So please call from that. So um, I just I just hate it when I hear people that were honestly duped, and, and I don't blame H at all. I think it was a typical mistake uh, because you trust the advisor you're working with. Uh, just when when something is a little out of the uh, ordinary, and especially when they're asking you to take big hits tax wise, and also um, from a, a early surrender charge uh, position taking that kind of hit to make this investment, it's got to be a pretty good investment. The advisor should not have been recommending that, especially not with the entire amount of the IRA. That was that was also a big mistake. And I hear the same type of thing, not that the same type of investment, when I hear people talking about taking money out of your IRA and liquidating it and p- putting it into an insurance policy so you can, you can get the death benefit as well as getting the um, tax deferral of the earnings. And those are both true those both happen but you really have to be careful in how you take that money out to make sure you're not hurting yourself tax-wise and you're making a good move all right so that's all we'll talk about uh, continuing from last week if you missed that show please go to talkingmoneyradio.com talkingmoneyradio.com and you can uh, click on the listen tab and that'll get you to the former uh, recorded shows that we have on there that you can get um, information from various types of topics that we've covered before. All right, so we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, IRAs today. I have another question from a radio listener that was asking about taking money out of an IRA in order to pay off a mortgage. Some interesting thoughts that uh, that she got from her broker and, uh, and some different thoughts that she got from me. Right, we'll be back after this break. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum. One division is Everyday Steward, which serves clients who are just getting started to those with an investable net worth ranging from $100,000 up to a million. For those desiring objective, biblical principles in their investments, cash flow management, financial planning, which includes retirement, insurance, tax, and estate, and their giving, Ronald Blue Trust's Everyday Steward advisors can serve as their clients' stewardship coaches so they can focus on a living a life of purpose. For more information about Everyday Stewart and the other divisions of Ronald Blue Trust, they can be found at ronblue.com. Ronald Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee Incorporated, separate affiliated entities. Now back to Talking Money. (music) 
welcome back to Talking Money. It's coming up in about 20 minutes after the hour. And, you know, we, we don't give away free social security analysis. We don't tell people that you're going to get double jits added to your account right away. You know, when you, when you hear things like that, you, you got to always think about why are they saying that? Why, why, why do they have to say that? Why do they have to, to entice you somewhat to get in? I'm not doing that. And so you'll never hear when you come to see us as a prospective client. And we've had this happen over the years. I've been doing this for quite a while. Well, you frequently people say, well, what kind of, what rate of return can you expect, can I expect to get when I work with you? And my standard answer is, I have no idea. Matter of fact, if you go see somebody else and they give you a number, I would walk away from them because they have no idea. The only way you're going to have an idea is if you put somebody in something that's that's guaranteed. So even the person who sells the annuity doesn't have any idea what you're going to make. They may say, well, you're never going to make below zero, all right? But, and, and one gentleman said he, he he doesn't, he's not too fond of the zero is my hero. <laughs> he hears that too much. But he's, you know, they may, they could say, you're, never, you're not going to go less than that, but they really don't know what you're going to make above that. There's caps and so forth. So anytime somebody is is trying to entice you to join their firm or to work with their firm by giving you return information, then I would say that's the wrong firm to work with because nobody knows. If they're in standard stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, whatever it is, even if they're going to be guaranteeing you something in a, in a fixed annuity, well, that's typically still limited to a certain number of years. It's not going to be forever, and it's going to be very low Nobody's going to, nobody in their right mind, in their right financial sense, is going to guarantee a high amount for a long period of time. That's why that five to seven percent for three to five years is okay. How do you know that's, that's going to happen? Um, and I, I hear those kinds of numbers quite frequently, and I just say, wow, be cautious about that. So, got a, a another question from a radio listener. She called, she was wondering if it was a good idea to withdraw money from her IRA to pay off her mortgage. So, of course, I have to have some questions I have to ask. So what's what's the um, balance of the mortgage? All right, it's, it's about $20,000. This call comes from Linda, by the way. Uh, so what's your interest rate? Well, it's pretty high, 6.375. She's 67, and she lives primarily off of Social Security. So she's got this mortgage payment, but she has enough money in her IRA that she could take it out to pay it off. But because she's 67 and she's living on primarily Social Security, then her tax bracket's pretty low. So she can take out some money and, and pay this off without having to worry about getting into a higher tax bracket, potentially. So she talked to her broker, who I think is somebody that the company had just lined up for her when she retired. It just automatically went with this company and asked about taking the money out to pay off the mortgage. And the answer back was, no, don't do that. Uh, I, I think you ought to use that IRA money and invest in this other um I won't say scheme, but other investment opportunity that I have for you. I think it'd be really good. And I can't remember what she said it was, uh, repurposing mortgages or something. It was not one of those normal investments that you typically hear about. And that doesn't mean they're bad. This means you need to, to check them out a little bit more to make sure they really are legitimate. But to tell somebody that essentially what you're going to do is leave the money in the IRA and guarantee that they're going to make themselves more than 6.375. So when you take money out of an IRA and hers was in something very conservatively invested, it was not invested in in growth stocks or things like that that would have had the opportunity to make some more money. It wasn't invested in that kind of thing at all. It was invested very conservatively. And because of that, she wasn't making more than 6.375%. 
So it was like, so my advice was, yes, take the money out and and pay off this mortgage, but don't do it all this year. We're close enough to the end of the year that just to be on the safe side, let's take about half the money out this year because there won't be any penalty because she's older than 59 and a half. And, and she'll have to include it as taxable income. But her taxes, her income is so low that she's probably going to have to pay almost nothing in taxes if she just takes out some a year. It'll be very little in taxable income to her, if if any. And then wait till January and take out the other half. And then you'll pay off the mortgage in just a few months. You get rid of that 6.375. And then you will be able to um, save 6.375%. That's what you're doing. It's the same as making it. So by, by not having to pay it. So I think the broker even said, no, refinance the mortgage. Well, if it was something larger than, than you know, about $20,000 and didn't have just five years left on the mortgage, yeah, you might think about that. But why refinance a mortgage that only has five years left? That uh, And you can say, well, okay, I could probably cut that interest rate in half if my credit is good, go down to 3%, maybe something like that these days, which would save you a lot of money over the balance of that mortgage. But but why do that if it's just a short period of time? So you always want to look, when you're thinking about refinancing a mortgage, you want to look at how long you anticipate being in that house and then how much you're going to save from the current interest rate to the new interest rate. Because first of all, you've got to help offset the expenses for refinancing the mortgage. So if the mortgage, if you're going to reduce it by 1% and it's going to cost you more than 1% of the value of the home to refinance, well, then it's going to take you longer than a year uh, to recoup that cost. So if you can recoup the cost in just a couple of years and you're planning on being in the house for you know, 10, 15, whatever, best intentions, then that's that's a good plan. Uh, you'll, you'll save plenty of money and you'll be able to reduce your payment. Or even if you kept the payment the same, lower the interest rate and reduce the number of years that you'll pay. That's another way. And you'll, you'll feel better because you got rid of your mortgage a little bit sooner than you had anticipated getting rid of your mortgage so a lot of different um, people look at paying off the mortgage a lot of different ways some it's just because i just don't want any debt you know they they listen a lot to dave ramsey and say i just don't want any debt and they so they want to pay it off as soon as they can i don't think that's necessarily the smartest thing to do but it's certainly that's fine if that makes somebody more comfortable helps you sleep better at night then certainly that's something to consider the other thing is to consider is okay if i have the money to pay it off then i'm really not in debt I, I have the cash. It's just a matter of whether I, I want to pay this amount of interest rate to the bank in order to, or the loan company in order to keep that money there. And I get a tax deduction, so potentially I get a tax deduction. A lot of people don't get that tax deduction anymore because your, your deductions are not higher than the standard deduction. So that's not necessarily a reason you think, oh, I get a tax deduction. Well, maybe, maybe you do. If you itemize, then okay, you get a tax deduction. But if you don't itemize, then you're not getting a tax deduction. So that's not a benefit to keep in the interest rate on the mortgage. So then it's a matter of, okay, do I think if I've got a 3%, I got a 2.5% mortgage, and I'm the kind that likes to invest in longer-term growth investments. So let's say over the last 12, 18 months, well, you would look like a champ because you would have made, should have made a whole lot more than the 3% that the loan cost you, even 6.375. But on a guaranteed fixed basis, that's not the case. You have to add some risk to the account to make that um, kind of return that's going to beat those interest rates. 
So the, the longer term, of course, you, you, you have to deal with it. If you can go for another 10, 15 years, yes, the, the odds are greatly in your favor that your investments are going to make more. But if you're risk averse and you're not wanting to make those kind of investments anyway, then this is a no-brainer. Then take the money out and pay off the mortgage, which is what um, Linda was planning on doing. So I think she appreciated the fact that uh, that I was not trying to sell her anything, not trying to get a refinance or mortgage so she could invest in something else that we needed a commission, that we wanted a commission on, which is what was going to happen in this case. Refinance the mortgage, invest in this something else, I'll make a commission, and okay, you'll be better off. But will she? Uh, you know, It's hard to tell because you don't know over that three to five year period whether or not that was really going to help or not. All right, so when we get back, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, your marginal bracket, because that's part of Linda's question was paying off the debt. You have to understand what your marginal bracket is. And we've got some other IRA strategies we'll cover for the rest of the hour about backdoor Roth conversions and things like that that are coming up, that uh, some proposals that are coming up that may eliminate some of those strategies that if you want to do them, you may want to consider doing them before the end of the year. Be back in just a few minutes. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum, private wealth, everyday steward, family office, and the professional athlete division. The company's largest division, private wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of a million dollars or higher. Private wealth advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with a big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 16 offices across the United States, including Greenville. For more information on Ronald Blue Trust offices and the advisors serving there, please visit ronblue.com. Ronald Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee Incorporated, separate affiliated entities. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. After that uh, relatively short break at the bottom of the hour, it's coming up on 25 before the hour here on Talking Money. I'd love to hear from you. You can always send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And that's where, if you go to that site and you uh, click on the Ask Mike a Question, or you can always go to Mike at Talking Money and send that email directly to there. Either way, it gets it to us. So we're talking about some IRA strategies. We're talking about uh, taking money out of your account to pay a mortgage like Linda asked. But there's also questions about taking money out of the IRA for other reasons. So number one caution is be careful. Anytime anybody wants you to use your IRA as official collateral for some kind of a loan, once it's identified as collateral, that is a taxable event, which means the money that you are that's in that IRA that are, is used, being used as collateral will become taxable the year that you make it as collateral. A lot of people don't realize that, and and hopefully the the legitimate lenders know that, so they would never ask you to make that IRA as a actual collateral. Then now they may say, "We want to see your balance sheet, and we're willing to give you an unsecured loan." Because we know you have that money in the IRA. But that's not the same as, as securing the IRA as a, as a loan, as collateral, which makes it a taxable income event. So when every time you're going to take money out of the IRA, 
So I had a client that called a few weeks ago and, and he was wanting to buy, he found a piece of property he wanted to buy. So it wasn't really expensive, about $60,000. And he wanted to take the money out of the IRA so he could, um, he got, he just got a real deal on it. So that's fine. No problem. Um, but let's think about how this is going to affect. He does his own taxes. So I asked him, well, go run your tax return software and see how that's going to affect your taxes because you don't want to take out 60000 at one time and have that, all that 60000 taxed at a higher bracket, especially as we get this close to the end of a tax year when you may be able to divide that up into two and maybe even extend it to three tax years. Take a loan out and, and just pay it over uh, several year time so you can keep in a certain tax bracket. But in order for that to, to work, you need to understand what your marginal tax bracket is. In his case, he didn't need to understand it because all he had to do is put it in the tax software. It'll it'll calculate how much the tax is going to be for him. But if you're married filing jointly, his key number was $81,050 for 2021. So that's your taxable income. That's not your gross income. That's your taxable income. That's So that's after your standard deduction or your itemized deductions and so forth. Uh, could be after an IRA deduction. Whatever you have as deductions, legitimate deductions to get down to your taxable income, that $81,050, if you're married filing jointly, that's going to be where your break goes between 12% and 22%. So it's a pretty big jump once you get to so any dollar of taxable income above $81,050 is going to be taxed at 22%. Below that it's going to be taxed at 0, 10, or 12 as the as the bracket creeps up there. So if you want to avoid getting the the taxable income above that 12% bracket and get into the 22% bracket. And of course there's there's bracket creep and at higher levels too. But the difference in tax rate is not as high because you go from 22 to 24, 32, that's that's a pretty good one there, then 32 to 35, 35, 37. So there's your tax brackets for married, for, for um, single or for married. It's just you hit those brackets sooner if you're single, essentially twice as soon, twice as fast as you would if you were married filing jointly. So understanding what that is. So if you're going to take the money out to fund an insurance policy, you're going to take it out to fund, uh, to buy a piece of property like my client was. If you're going to, if you're going to uh, buy it, to take it out to buy whatever it is you're going to buy, you need to understand what your tax bracket is so that you know, try to. Now, maybe you can't. You'll be able, you'll have to, to still pay all in 22%, but if it's something that you really need or want to do, you just have to realize you're going to have to pay the extra taxes for that. So, um, you know, just have to do it. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it, especially after you do the transaction and it's time to, to get the, um, a tax man taken care of, then that's, that, uh, would be a way to do that. All right. So let's go to the phone line since I didn't know the phone was there and Paul's waving the phone at me to say, we got a phone call. So let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines to whoever's calling since we don't know. I don't know. It's Wayne from Greenwood. Whoa. Good old Wayne from Greenwood. He wants to, to, to add some to the tax benefit, probably talk about South Carolina taxes or something. Good morning, Wayne. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. No, it's not about South Carolina okay. taxes, but first of all, I completely concur when you mentioned about uh, withdrawing assets over two years. Yes. You know, December the 31st and January the 2nd will work. Yeah, yeah. as long as it gets into two tax years, you're, yeah. you're, it, it works. Uh, and yeah. I have also advised people where they're selling real estate, if you are comfortable selling it on an installment, even if. 50%, you get 50% this year and 50% next year. It all, will, all 
ways invariably it comes out better. But what I wanted to talk to you about was withdrawing money to pay off home mortgages. There is another angle to that, too. Mm-hmm. Does that person have any other assets like stocks or land or anything that could be sold and generate capital gains and pay that mortgage off? Because quite some years ago, I had someone to mention to me, and she said, I need to reduce my monthly living expenses. And I looked at the situation, and she had a home improvement loan. But she uh, also had a bunch of stock she had inherited from her late husband. Uh, money, And she had no clue about it. Oh, wow. And so we looked at the situation, and I told her how much of the stock to sell to pay off the home mortgage. And she was retired over 65. It did make some of her Social Security taxable. But the result was, as well as I remember the situation, she paid about the tax that she paid was 3.5% of the amount of the gross stock sale used to pay off the mortgage. So that's a lot better than 10% if you're in the lowest tax bracket, sure. or 12 or 22% if you're just taking money out of an IRA. So it sounds like she was able to take advantage of the, so at least partially the 0% capital gains rate and then the rest right, of 15%. Right, because she was, in, she was in the 10% tax bracket, yep, and so yep. there was no capital gains tax. It just right. made some of her Social Security taxable yep, was yep, all. Yep, yep. Yep, good thought. So, yeah, always, of course, you want to look at other things. If if you're talking about your IRA uh, taking money out, uh, the only reason we would even suggest doing that is if you didn't have other assets. So, good reminder that uh, from Wayne and Greenwood to, to always, of course, look at your other assets. So, yeah, so thanks for listening. And uh, also, yeah. I got, uh, didn't know it at the time, but I bought a $10,000 investment many years ago. It was supposed to be some kind of Christian center in that paid interest, and it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. Ah. And uh, so you were absolutely right. You could write that off on your tax return. It was 2009. I still have the information on it. It came out in the Augusta Chronicle. The company was Alinar out of Indiana, and they called it a Ponzi scheme. okay. And then I got subsequently more information on it, and in 2009, I wrote that off on my tax return. Hmm, that, that's, I subsequently that's... recovered more money than they had told us we would get back. But that year, there were other extenuating circumstances, and they were also handing out giveaways for getting new roofs, and I had to have a new roof that year. So actually, that year, I didn't have a federal income tax liability. <laughs> so I never filed a, an amended tax return because it wouldn't have been any liability with the yeah. excess that was recovered. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, a lot of different things that happen in our lives, don't they? So you want to just make sure you take advantage of everything that's there. And, of course, if you've got a question that uh, that you have about that, you can always call Talking Money. And if Wayne's listening and he's got another thought, uh, he'll be sure to give his input. I always, always appreciate the calls from you, Wayne. So you have a great weekend. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye. All right, take care. Okay, let's see. we got uh, about a minute here left. So we're talking about marginal tax brackets and so forth. And I think that uh, when people like Wayne that do tax returns, they see this stuff all the time where people took money out and they shouldn't have taken money out. They could, they could have done some tax. If they understood what marginal tax bracket was and knew what theirs was, then they could um, try to, to, to do that planning so that they wouldn't have 
so much to take out in any one year. And, and there again, I remind you, if somebody's trying to sell you something, they're trying to get you to take money out of your IRA and, and bigger lump sums to pay uh, and pay the taxes on it, thinking this other investment's going to be able to make up for that. Uh, red flag, yellow flag at a minimum. Do some more checking with that. Check with somebody else who does the same kinds of things and see if they have another thought. If you want to talk to more than one salesman, if you can stand that, talking to more than one salesman at the time, then do that. Or call me, call Talking Money. So you can always send me an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com to get uh, get my thoughts on it. I'm happy to share that with you. That's what I'm here for and have been here for for 15 years on the on the radio and longer than that in person with with clients and even some prospects or just individuals I run to get questions like this all the time at church and uh, some of my golf buddies that uh, when we rotate and play with somebody different, they say, hey, I got a question for you. Everybody's always looking for free advice. The problem is uh, sometimes it's, it's not worth what you pay for it <laughs> and you didn't even pay for it. So hopefully mine is, at least I hope it is. We'll be right back after this break. Talking Money is brought to you by Ronald Blue Trust. With nationwide trust capabilities, Ronald Blue Trust provides wealth management strategies and trust services based on biblical principles to help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. With over $11 billion of assets under management and advisement and a network of 16 offices, including Greenville, Ronald Blue Trust serves over 10,000 clients in all 50 states through distinct divisions and offers services across the wealth spectrum in these key areas financial retirement estate planning, investment management and solutions, charitable giving strategies, personal trust and estate settlement, bill paying, family office services, business consulting, and institutional client services. More information about Ronald Blue Trust can be found at ronblue.com. Ronald Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee Incorporated, separate affiliated entities. Now back to Talking Money. You're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money. We've got about 10 minutes left here on the show today. If you want to give me a call at the office to see if we may be a good fit for you, like we do not every week, but nearly every week, we talk to, to folks that either on the phone and many of them come in person to visit with us. And it's a, and if anybody's listening here that's had a visit to the office and you want to confirm this, um, you, you're welcome to, to text or call and to say, yeah, hey, yeah, that's exactly what happens. We don't, uh, we just want to find out if we're a good fit for you because I've had, I've had, I've turned down clients, uh, that were, I, I remember several of them, four and $5 million, uh, potential client that we would be investing their money for them that we turned them down over the years because it just wasn't a good fit. Their expectation was, was too high. Uh, and, and, and we all know some people who just don't seem to be like they'd be um, enjoyable to work with and, and not just not enjoyable. I mean, some people are just not enjoyable, but that, that would, they're mean. <laughs> so we know we just, just a few of those. We did very rarely does that happen to us, but when you find somebody like that, who, who seems to have a, um, an expectation that you're going to be like a Bernie Madoff and you can make them 12% a year, no matter what, because you're the professional, uh, then that's a red flag to us as planners that, no, we, we don't want you as a client. We have enough to do. We have enough new people coming in. That's why we don't need, we're not interested in giving away free social security analysis and things like that, because it's not, we've got, we've got professionals in the office that, that, uh, when you have real professionals that you need to pay good money for, cause that's what, Hey, that's what they are. 
they're they're worth it because they've studied and they they really help people we just want to help people so we just encourage you to call that number at the office 800-588-7526 just give me a call or of course you can always send me that text at mike at talkingmoneyradio.com if you even want to just ask a question about seeing if whether or not what we do might fit what you need and that's the the only kind of opportunity we want is when it's a win 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 for you win for us win for the investments win for everything, um, and uh, I think we're very reasonable cost for for what we do. But um, anyway, that we're doing it for a long time, and uh, I think we've got a lot of very satisfied clients. So the question that came on the text line was: Talk radio host advertise using IRA for gold with no cost. So the question is really: What does no cost mean? Uh, so you can buy a CD with no cost. Okay, so that means the bank doesn't make any money, right? Well, no, the, the bank still makes money. They just didn't charge you a specific fee for it. They take your money that they're going to pay you. Maybe you have to pay them to take it now these days. I think it's pretty low. But they pay you, uh, let's say 1%, and they turn around, and when you want to go in to borrow money, they're going to charge you 4 5 8 10 whatever it is and that spread is how of course the the bank makes money and they're taking a risk that this person is not going to pay the money back and because of course they're also taking a risk they're guaranteeing to pay you x amount of money for however long you have that money there same thing i think with a commodity like gold all right they may not be charging you an annual ira fee and there's no upfront commissions, but obviously they're buying gold at a lower price. They're selling you the gold for a higher price, and that's how they're making the money. Um, so I, I want to talk a lot more, and we'll be covering this next week, talking a lot more about the gold um, people that advertise. Because I see, and I've seen headlines all the time that, that try to scare you half to death either about the economy or they scare you half to death about taxes and who's going to take your money away and and you know who knows maybe the government will try to take more money away at some point in time i don't think that's the way they take the money away they take it away in the back door by increasing the taxes on withdrawals for people who are worth more have higher incomes Um, but you have a lot of these uh emails i get the emails myself from from these people who are trying to say like the 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 two i'm looking at over here says social security will go bankrupt in 12 years are you ready Okay, well, that's a scary headline. What does it really mean? But, of course, it makes some people want to listen, to read. Of course, I read it because I was curious what they were saying about that. Well, they're a little more legitimate in the actual copy, but the headline is to try to grab your attention. And the next one I got in, which was not very much later, is Joe Biden looking to take your retirement accounts. And they talk about the history of government interference in retirement planning and things like that. So uh, we want to cover those things, but I, I don't want to, to limit it to just five minutes we have left in the show today. I want to make sure there's plenty of time. So we'll cover that next week as uh, we continue this discussion of IRAs and of gold as an investment inside an IRA and how secure is gold really and how much of an inflation protection it really is and so forth we'll we'll cover that next time so other strategies we won't have time to cover all these but some that i want to talk to so i've been in several workshops and ed slot was uh, one of the ones that i listened to just uh, a few weeks ago and he's one of the nationally known experts he's got a lot of people on his team now that are also um, tax attorneys and and cpas who also understand iras better than most people uh, but 
uh, I wanted to I always listen to these just to make sure I'm keeping up to speed on the kinds of things that are out there. So you don't have to listen to it. I can listen to those. Uh, and my wife definitely doesn't want to listen to that. She starts listening to things like that. It's like, oh, you just listen to it. And you tell me what I need to know, and which is what most clients want to want to tell you as well. Um, so right now, some other potential tax legislation is this backdoor Roth conversion proposal. Um, so it's not going to going to affect too many people. What they're talking about is in, in, uh, affecting those who have taxable income over four hundred thousand. I think it's taxable. Maybe it's gross income over four hundred thousand, which most people don't have, and it's effective over a ten year period. But but the backdoor, if you want to do the backdoor Roth conversion, um, it's it's a very good technique that allows people who otherwise don't qualify for making a Roth, even a Roth contribution because their income is too high, they can still get to a Roth. But the, one of the key ways for this to be effective is if you don't have any other IRAs out there. The old cream of the coffee rule is that you can't do it with part IRAs and not with the other. So the technique is you go to invest in a non-deductible traditional IRA. And virtually anybody can do that. You're not deducting it. It's not a Roth. You just you you don't uh, tax deduct the contribution. The earnings are then tax deferred over the length of time that you have that IRA, and then the just the earnings portion is taxed to you when you take the money out. So you've got to track the original contribution until the IRA is exhausted. Because when you take the money out, if your original contribution is let's say ten thousand dollars, and the value of the IRA is a hundred thousand dollars, to keep it simple. You take you take ten thousand dollars out. Well, one thousand of that is a return of your principal, and nine thousand dollars of that is your taxable income. But it's the burden of proof is on you to say why that thousand dollars is not taxable. So you have to keep your tax returns from all the years that you make a non-deductible IRA. Well, one way to get around that is you make the and this is a an IRS approved strategy. It used to be we didn't know how the IRS might. Um, talk about this or might deal with it, but they have approved this strategy where you put money into a a non-deductible traditional IRA, and then a, nearly immediately, once the account's set up, you convert that to a Roth IRA. So now you don't have to worry about tracking all of the, the contributions from all the years that you made those because you don't have them anymore. You made a Roth, and now all the money in there is going to be tax-free when you pull it out, not just tax deferred. So typically, uh, people who have you know one spouse that's uh, qualifies for an IRA, maybe the other one doesn't. Uh, we can make a, a non traditional, uh, non deductible traditional IRA contribution, roll that out into a Roth IRA, and make it for the six thousand whatever it is you qualify for, and then pull it out into the uh, Roth IRA. And then it's tax free, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, they're talking about limiting that to anybody that has that four hundred thousand, and and saying it's over ten years. So they're not, it's it's almost um, symbolic. And Ed Slot kind of tongue in cheek when he was talking about this. That okay, it's it's going to be over a it's not it's not going to be effective really for over ten years. Really, what are you doing? You're you're putting window dressing. You must have a lot of friends that want to do this technique that you don't want to make mad. Maybe they're the ones who contribute to your campaign, so you don't want to make them mad. So you make it over a 10-year period, and, and then they're happy. And, and you can also talk about how you've taxed the rich people 
uh, even though you're really not. It's going it's to take it over a long period of time. So uh, look at that backdoor Roth conversion as something you may want to try to do for uh, this particular year just to make sure that's something you can do. You want to consider that every year, but you can only do it with the original contribution. All right, so next week we'll talk about uh, some other things that are going on, step up in basis, how that looks, higher long-term capital gains potential next year, um, Roth conversions, how they're permanent. There's no recharacterizations available. I'll get that word out. And, of course, we'll talk about gold, putting that in an IRA, and how safe is gold and how much should you consider gold as an investment. 800-588-7526 is the number at the office if you want to give me a call to ask your question or see if we might be a good fit. Have a great weekend. <laughs> 